It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. That's right, everyone. I received another email from Mike Cohn. I love receiving these emails because they're fun to review. They're fun to talk about. So I thought we would kick this one off, and I'm just going to dig right in and get started. This email is regarding cross-functional teams. Here we go. Cross-functional teams are central to Agile, yet organizations often struggle to establish them. Sometimes this is because managers are reluctant to give up some control over people. Other times it is because some individuals prefer working only with peers who do the same work and then handling their deliverable or handing their deliverable to another team to perform the next step. Let's take a look at four things you can do if your team or organization is struggling with cross-functional teams. Love it, love it, love it. Here we go. First, get managers to buy into cross-functionality. If teams are currently organized around skills, such as a coding team, a testing team, and so on, strive to change that as quickly as possible. Oh my goodness, and I thought I was the only person in the world preaching this. Yes, yes, and more yes. We need people who can test each other's code, who can do peer reviews. We, we don't need to have a separate testing team. And if you do have a separate testing team, their focus should be on creating perfect automation for tests or end-to-end performance or things along those lines. We need to make certain that we have focus and that everyone has the ability to cross-pollinate. So let's keep going. It says leaders who manage or direct QA, development, or design are sometimes reluctant to place their individuals on agile teams. Are they talking themselves out of power or even talking themselves out of their job? It used to be, for example, that a QA manager supervising those who validate the quality of a product would assign people to products, but would retain the opportunity to move people as needed. So one tester may be working on a product this week, but could be replaced by a different tester the next week. In Agile, this QA manager would assign people to teams rather than to products, and the assignment would last for as long as necessary. The QA manager would resist the urge to shift individuals around as often as they might have in a pre-Agile organization. Because of this loss of control over their people, some functional managers may resist a move toward cross-functional teams. Educate those managers about the overall benefits of Agile to the organization and their people, Reassure them that they can still move people between projects, but should do so more strategically less and, and way less frequently. This is the whole story of creating T-shaped individuals. Individuals who have depth of knowledge in one area, but are able to review and look at and have cross-pollinated knowledge in many areas. And I think that's so critical to Agile success. There are so many organizations where I go in and this is not the case, or this is areas where they struggle. So Mike, hats off to you. So far, you're nailing, you're knocking out of the park again with number one. So let's move on to number two. Number two, identify and redress missing skills. If cross-functional teams have been formed, but teams are struggling to complete work or are delayed by waiting for other teams, revisit how the teams are structured. An agile team struggling with cross-functionality is often missing one or more skills from the team. Identifying missing skills can be as simple as discussing it with team members. They'll probably know what skills are absent. True that. Alternatively, look through the team's recent work and select 5 to 10 product backlog items, 
with which the team needed outside help. Consider each item and make a list of what outside skills were needed. You'll likely discover that adding one or two skills or individuals with those skills to the team could solve most of the problems. So this is where I also want to point out, Mike, that training helps too. Sometimes it's just an individual who understands how to do it, but it's not their forte or there's someone on the team who wants to learn how to do it. Now, there are times, obviously, where you have to go outside of the team for that expertise, but in 90 plus percent of the cases, this should be something that we can resolve inside of the team with the people who are present and make sure that they have the skills necessary in order to do it. All right, let's move on to number three. Number three. Assage concerns that cross-functional teams make everyone a generalist. I've heard this before. I've heard leadership say, I don't want everyone to be mediocre at something. I need people who are great at what they do. Many specialists who spend their entire careers developing a deep knowledge required for their chosen area of work fear that working on a cross-functional team will require them to forego deepening their expertise and instead becoming generalist. This is 100% absolutely not true. There's plenty of room on an Agile team for individuals to have specialties. A cross-functional team means that the team has all the requisite skills necessary to finish whatever they're working on, not that each person has the skills at the same level to finish what they're doing. This one is so important. I think that too often I hear leadership come in and say, hey, you know, we can't afford to have Joe learn these high level things because Joe is our expert on ABC. And what I'm trying to say is, yes, Joe will still be the expert on ABC. But wouldn't it be nice if Mary, Susie and Rob also knew, you know, how to do ABC, at least at some level? I think that it's important for us to recognize that the cross functionality also helps us eliminate context switching and helps us stay focused. And then finally, four, broaden or shrink the team's responsibilities. Now, this one's interesting. Some teams struggle to achieve their performance potential because their responsibilities are either too narrow or too broad. Let's say a software team is tasked with developing and deploying a product. Sometimes this is a one-team task, even within the short iterations used by Agile teams. But other times, such for large or extremely complicated deployments, Handling the whole task may be too much for a single small team. That's the time to reduce scope to just developing the product and having a separate team to deploy the actual system. Agree, agree, agree. I think that when we limit work in progress and allow people to hyper-focus on delivery, that is when you'll see that you'll have some people who are building a product and getting it absolutely ready to enter marketplace and you have a separate team to, re to release and deploy what's going on with the product. Uh, so interesting, interesting, interesting. There are times to expand as well. A team could work better if its responsibilities are extended from only developing to developing and deploying. So there are times where teams can take on a little extra responsibility. You will not be successful with Agile if teams are formed around different skills, having a programming team, a design team, a testing team, and so on. Cross-functional teams are necessary, 100% necessary, if your intent is to succeed with Agile. Mike, bravo. You knocked it out of the park again. This is just a great email, and I hope that you'll pay attention to some of those facts. I'll list those four things out there for you. If you have a topic you want us to discover, make sure you are to talk about, make sure you tell us, and we'll uh, we'll get it on podcast episode. 
You can reach that learn more at agiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. Yeah.